passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Johnny Gargano had to overcome so much, and I think he's reliving it right here, realizing that the dream remains just that for Johnny Gargano. Gargano. What the hell? Oh, my God. Oh, no, Tommaso Ciampa attacking his former tag team partner with one of his crutches. Oh, no. You know, Gargano is one of the biggest hearts in NXT. Well, this guy's former best friend, Tommaso Ciampa, he has a four-leaf sign where his heart should be. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock, and welcome to our NXT TakeOver Philadelphia post-show. And what better way to celebrate this NXT TakeOver from the city of brotherly love than to be joined by Braden Harrington. Hello. And the returning bartender, Dave. Hooray. Thanks for having me back, sir. Yes. Wow, we didn't even have to plan that, John. We just did it right on cue. Just a, uh, <laughs> simpatico, right off the bat. I just have, trained monkeys. Oh, my yeah. goodness. That's amen to that. But uh, this right, might, is. Yeah, this is my first time in the post office, and the place looks great. Holy oh, smokes. Post? Post yeah. Malone? What? Who's, who did the crown molding? It's beautiful. Yeah, do you like Great. the posters? Do you like the, uh, the the stamp motif that we have gone with? <laughs> it's just it's fantastic stuff. Absolutely. I'm fantastic. I'm waiting for the the Poster Boys, which is the uh, the new hit rap song by Waiting. Sorry, Braiting, uh, coming soon. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, maybe in the near future. Poster Boys, look for it. <laughs> well, well, maybe once we grow, we can have a a bar installed at the post office. Dave I'm your man, baby. Dave could be our man for that. <laughs> I'll get my smart servant server there, too. Well, I have hey, no hey that's my gig. That's my gig, man. Back <laughs> off. Stealing Dave's gimmick. <laughs> You're become a bartender now. Well, I know a lot of people are very happy to hear your voices, folks. Uh, oh, my goodness. Now, Dave, he's gone out in the world. He's launched yes. his, his own podcast out there. And, Dave, right off the top, I wanted you to, uh, to share the – Share the love with everyone out there that may not be aware of the Call to Arms podcast. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate that. It's a, it's just a little uh, podcast that uh, me and my friend Danny Williams do. Uh, we do it uh, every Thursday, and it just takes a lighter look at wrestling. It uh, tries to be a bit more positive. Like Even if it, things are really negative, we still try to be positive, except last episode that it was really hard to be positive with monday night raw so but uh, yeah you can find us at uh, at call to arms pod and we're on uh stitcher itunes just search uh call to arms and um please it's it we have a lot of fun doing it and i think uh i think you might enjoy it and Braden, you've been a nomad for the last month <laughs> you've just been gone everywhere uh get bring us up to speed about 
your last couple of weeks and your return to Canada. Did you were you welcome back uh, into Canada? <laughs> yes, uh, they let me back in the country. Uh, no, actually, uh, yeah, I was in Australia for a little bit and I was traveling there. And then I had the surreal pleasure of visiting Tokyo, Japan. I got to go to Wrestle Kingdom live and see my uh, my childhood favorite wrestler, Chris Jericho, against my current favorite wrestler, Kenny Omega. Uh, that was that was just insane. And uh, the culture shock. Traveling the world has been uh, just a lot of fun, very eye-opening. I've learned a lot. Um, and uh, the the outpour of of people on Twitter, at the Bray D, um, <laughs> have, been, have been amazing. Uh, I just, like, I, the fact that, you know, you, John, you and Wei uh, started up this post-wrestling, and it's killing, it's crushing, it's amazing. Um, I, I just, I, I, and every time someone says something nice to me, whether it be at a wrestling show that me and Dave were just at destiny, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to all the people that came up to us, uh, whether it be on Twitter or in person, uh, thanks guys. And, and you guys are the reason John away are still doing this stuff and, and why we, me and Dave are here and still doing this stuff. So it's great. But yes, uh, I have traveled the world. I've seen wrestling in another country, in another continent now. And, uh, man, wrestling's cool. Well, I was curious tonight because Dave, originally you were going to be hosting a, a party with your with your son and all of his friends to come over and watch Takeover. But I understand there was a, a hiccup in the plans for Saturday yeah. night. I was curious to see what a a younger audience would have thought of tonight's show. Well, yeah, it was it was supposed to have a, a few over because we usually we do, or at least um, the bigger shows will let them stay up on uh, uh, Sunday night to watch the, the main WWE card. But we decided against that, and we thought everybody come over on Saturday instead. That way, they have a day to rest up before school. But uh, it seems that Dustin's come down with strep throat, so uh, yeah, Ooh. so that was all canceled. But uh, the boys still stayed up with uh, Natalie and myself, and uh, as we watched the show, and they had a heck of a time. Uh, they were falling asleep at the end but they loved the show they really really enjoyed it yeah there's so much uh to to talk about uh on this show so we will we will go in order uh i don't know if either of you guys watched the pre-show but the star of the pre-show was Kamoa joe who was (laughs) the best analyst this company has ever had in this role that i feel is maybe the hardest gig in the wwe to talk about all of these matches in a serious tone yeah, to yeah. have credibility and Samoa Joe nailed it out of the park on his very first night. I would say he was only a thousand times better than Booker T on. <laughs> <laughs> very I, well put. I was just uh, amazed with this guy. You know what did on this for me? Show. What did was it for me was th- there was one line and it was like, uh, yeah, you know, tomorrow night, tonight's takeover and tomorrow night's the Royal Rumble. You know, 30 guys who uh, luckily won't have to fight for the chance to beat me in the match. And I like little things like that where he still kind of plays the badass Samoa Joe, but he's still being this kind of fake analyst. So I do. I have it on right now, actually, uh, muted. And Samoa Joe looking very dapper. Yeah, he did a really good job. Yeah, I just thought it, it was obvious he took this role seriously. It wasn't something just thrust upon him and he was just going to do his role for the night and that was it like he felt like he was really uh almost auditioning here for uh more work of this kind as well if they ever utilize him and i think with him hurt 
He would have been a, a tremendous asset on the broadcast team on Raw. I don't think that will necessarily happen, but this is an extremely versatile performer, and that, to me, was the star of the pre-show, Samoa Joe. Yeah, I really felt the same way. Uh, it, it, it's exactly what I was going to say about uh, you, you see him getting injured a bit more time. So he's got to start thinking about what he can do. And he really killed it with that, uh, with uh, his his ability to speak and to talk about the product. Uh, he I think he talked his way into a, uh, a pretty good uh, gig after wrestling. That's for sure. I just want to see a muscle buster, Sam Roberts. <laughs> oh, anything to that guy, man. That hair is going to go. <laughs> They also had the uh, the year-end awards on this show with Renee Young and Corey Graves handing them out. And we can quickly run through the recipients here. Rivalry mm. of the Year was awarded to Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream, which set up a promo for Velveteen Dream to accept the award, thanking God, because the dream <laughs> is the closest thing to the light. And it is Versace. He guarantees a knockout victory over Cassius Ono in 30 seconds or less tonight, <laughs> which was... Just this throwaway <laughs> promo, oh my but God. ended up being one of the great spots of the entire night because this crowd was – I'm just amazed that the crowd even – because the Picked dark matches it. would have been ongoing when this promo aired for us at home. So I don't even know if this was even piped in. They must have just watched the video package uh, and saw a recap of this during the show because everyone in the building was aware of this. Yeah, they were totally they they were totally in for that uh, that gimmick, and that that's what made, that's what made it even better. It's so funny that it was just a throwaway thing in this promo. It seemed like it, anyways. Yeah, this guy he really seems like he can't do any wrong right no, now. No, definitely not. And definitely he, like not. coming from somebody that uh, Braden you chose as your worst wrestler of the year. What was that two years ago? Yeah, definitely. And, and he worst is gimmicks, just, worst gimmick, worst gimmick, yeah, worst gimmick. And now just look at him. He is taking the ball, running with it like crazy and just he's killing everything he does. I love this. A, guy. Yeah, he won a few of these uh, NXT awards. I didn't he because like he definitely won, in my opinion. Uh, oh, wait, no match of the year. So, sorry, John, go go ahead with the, the NXT awards they gave out here. Well, they had the nominees for male competitor of the year with Alistair Black, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, Roderick Strong, and Andrade Cien Almas. And Alistair Black won and was also presented with the breakout star of the year as he did a quick promo thanking the voters. And this is a guy, less is definitely more when it comes to speaking. And I have uh, extremely uh, high hopes for this guy. I think this guy is arguably the the top baby face for this this definitely nxt brand at the moment i think it should be him and almas at the wrestlemania takeover but i i think this is a guy that clearly doesn't need to talk yeah, yeah i totally course. agree and that's like anybody that's listened to uh brayden and myself before like that he's probably one of our favorites like for the past year he's just uh like and and to have a guy that has come into the company and like it's what a year now that he's been in it right because he came in last was it Royal Rumble when he made his first debut? Yeah, well, I think so. Because he did the now. match at the uh, the cruiserweight, and that was his first one. That's right. Or no, no, UK, UK tournament. UK, UK, UK tournament was the, yeah. his yeah. first appearance. That's right. Yeah, and and right. for him to 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 win superstar of the year and breakout artist a breakout star of the year is just it's it's amazing what he's done with himself. And I own his t shirt, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> Female competitor of the year. The nominees were Asuka, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riotata, and <laughs> as a duo, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, which kind of serves the complete opposite as this is a singular award. No, not at all, John. No, it's fine. 
Competitor. <laughs> not competitors. <laughs> Didn't matter because the winner was Asuka who yeah. turned here for this one night. Is Asuka, she's very much treading the line of like the the cool kid in school who graduated but is just always coming back. Yeah. <laughs> like she shows up all the time here at NXT. Like all these takeovers. She's always back here. I guess she's here to just uh, rake up this hardware that she's uh, still uh, amounting even all these months later. But she yeah, won here. Towing the company line. <laughs> just said she was going to win the Royal Rumble. We're like, great. Thanks, Asuka. We'll see you at uh, WrestleMania weekend. She's just talking truth. That's it. Match of the year. It was funny. They didn't list the nominees for all these awards. Some of them, they just announced the winner, such as uh, this one. It was just Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn. Maybe there was uh, there's probably there was no other option uh, to me that came close to this. Uh, oh, come to, on. I Dream would, and uh, Black. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I was getting at is I, I have to say that Tyler Bate – and Pete Dunn was match of the year, WWE match of the year for me anyways. But right behind it, I'd have to say would be Dream and Aleister Black. That 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 match was crazy. But yeah, these uh, it's fine. These these awards are just whatever. Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler Bate looked so nervous accepting the award, had very little <laughs> to say. And then we went to Pete Dunn, who was on the panel fresh off his uh, his destiny uh, championship defense last weekend that you two were at. And yes. Was not carrying his destiny title here. Charlie stated, to to my uh, surprise, that in 2017, Pete Dunne became a household name. Maybe Hmm. in Bartender Dave's household. It's a household name. Yeah, he is. Maybe (laughs) maybe to houses in the UK. I don't know. Uh, Joe also brought up that Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne went out last year and they became ambassadors for British wrestling. And it seemed like Dunn was very engaged with Samoa Joe's line of questions. Like you could just see him like almost light up at Samoa Joe asking him an intelligent question. And he just stated that he wants to face whoever he wants to be NXT champion. And he'd love to face Brock Lesnar. Whoa. Yeah. That'd be something else. Pete I'd Dunn love to versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Take my money. Great yeah. balls of fire too. Yeah, he's oh. another one. Uh, he's another one that uh, really shined on the mic. I found. I thought he did a really good job, and uh, in his uh, interview here, I maybe he the most good. underutilized performer in this entire company. Oh, big time! Oh, he better yeah. show up in the Rumble tomorrow. Oh, good, uh, good guess. I would say for a Rumble, but I, I just want him to kind of be more prevalent in NXT. Yeah. If if you have a UK title, I, I was very, very interested in the UK tournament having a UK show, and then they kind of. Uh, well, they, they didn't really deliver what they kind of didn't promise us anyways. Uh, so it's just weird. I'm a very big, very, very big follower of progress lately. And like these guys, these British strong style guys are very entertaining. I would, I would love to watch more of them. Shout out to the proper pronunciation there. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> the, 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 the Brits all over the world, uh, get very mad when you, uh, don't say it right. And then the final award was the overall competitor of the year which just came down to oscar and alistair black who were the respective competitors of the year for their given gender and oscar the overall nxt competitor of the year yeah i don't think you can uh, like uh, argue that one i think she did the best uh, out of all uh, uh, nxt for, for for the last year for sure yeah, it's not even. Yeah. Well, she may have been the overall competitor of the year for 2017. My leading candidate for 2018 non wrestling performer of the year was on next, Zelina Vega, mm-hmm. who has been the highlight of NXT of late, joining the panel and just complained about Andrade Cien Almas not winning any awards. She demanded a recount and ended up <laughs> having this great argument 
with Sam Roberts and Samoa Joe about Almas and his, and Roberts brought up a great point. He said, I mean, he won this title in November. He had an awful year losing all these matches. <laughs> he just had a great end and yeah, Joe, like perfect. backed him up. He's like, that's a great point. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was a really good segment here. I think Vega is tremendous. A complete, uh, character turnaround for Almas has been the addition of Zelina Vega. Have you guys, Absolutely. Uh, starting with Dave, a fan? Oh, big time fan. But I've been, I've been a pusher of, um, uh, sorry, Andrade for, uh, since, since the beginning. And, um, I know a lot of people. Held out hope. I, I really did. Cause I knew I could see it. I could see it coming. Like he, he, he got better every single week. And that's why I love NXT. You see them getting better, but she was the, the final piece in the puzzle because as soon as she, uh, she got on board with him, it's just like, it's like, wow, they work so well together and she's so smarmy and like, Oh, I just love it. When my kids start booing a television and screaming at the television, I know they're doing something right. That's fair. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, I, I really like, uh, I like having her joining, uh, almost. She definitely has completed that, that character, that package. And she's so, did you say fiery already? Cause that's the word. She reminds me of like, of, of a girlfriend in high school that just would, like, I, 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 I had a really nice relationship with this woman, but she always scared me and yelled at me, but I knew she had my back. And that's what I think of, uh, Zelina Vega, <laughs> um, every time I watch her. Also, um, were you two a, a smiling baby face in high school with suspenders? <laughs> uh, I didn't have suspenders, but I used to wear a mask just like almost. Um, um, I, I really like her and she like, I'm pretty sure you could do laundry off her abs and like her stomach, but let's not talk about that. Yeah. Wait, wait to just take this into weird territory, Braden. We're just, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Have a three guys sitting around. She has a nice belly button. Okay. She has a very nice (laughs) belly button. That's no Barrett Corbin. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The main show kicked off with a video featuring Paul Heyman to talk about the history of Philadelphia and stated this isn't about dwelling on the past, it's about embracing the future. And I thought this was a really clever opening, a great utilization of Heyman, and like a fresh promo from Paul Heyman as well. And it was just interesting, the fact that they were able to incorporate Paul Heyman as almost this like spokesman on behalf of NXT. Like he was doing all the big we are NXT uh slogan at the end of this video. Um Dave, what did you think of the open the opening here with Heyman? Yeah, it took me off it took me off uh or caught me off guard, sorry. Uh when it, Paul Heyman came up because the first thing I'm thinking of I'm like what what the hell does Paul Heyman have to do with uh NXT and then it clued in like oh it's philadelphia oh okay i got it and i thought like like you said he did a really good job and um uh it was it was nice to see him in like you say a a a more of a a positive role like a uh almost a face 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 ish role if you will Uh, i thought it uh, did really well and it uh, brought the whole show uh, to a nice start this was like rallying the troops paul Heyman, Mm -hmm. the promoter and it's funny that uh, we ask, you know, the connection of Paul Heyman to NXT, and it's a weird one, but when ECW was relaunched in 2006, I'll guarantee you, this was the vision he had, and not using zombies mm. and <laughs> ECW guys from the past, it was ECW kind of the, the philosophy of looking at what the new styles and what the next generation was going to be, and I guarantee you that this was the kind of product he was hoping the reincarnation of ECW would mature into, which it pretty much did because ECW went 
to the NXT competition show and then eventually this in this weird kind of truncated way. Yeah, well, his dream came true then. <laughs> Fingerprints all over this. <laughs> Just don't cash those checks. Earlier uh, in the day, go ahead, Braden. No, no, no. It just it was it was good to see Paul Heyman. I, I I'm kind of bored of Paul Heyman on my as my Brock Lesnar voice guy, but every time he talks is good. And yeah, it just he felt like Tim Allen in those go to Michigan commercials. It was just like he's telling me to go. He's telling me to go to Philly, and I just might. The show opened up with Moro Ronaldo and Percy Watson because Nigel McGuinness was under the weather. So we got these two together. I thought Moro in particular in the main event was outstanding. I think he took that main event even higher than it was. Um, all of us, I think, have been critical of Percy Watson. And here he best was, he's ever been. Is, is that what you felt uh, too, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, I did. Uh, and I, this scared me. It scared me as soon as I heard that because it was it was on the pre-show that they announced that uh, Nigel was out with an illness. And the first thing I thought was, oh, God, no. But uh, honestly, by the end of the mat, uh, the night, I didn't even miss uh, Nigel. And Nigel's no. my favorite on this show. And I didn't really even yeah. like Percy did not make me angry once. That's always <laughs> that's always a good well, that's actually- to hit. Let's not get crazy, Dave. Uh, let's not get. Let's look at my list here of every time Percy made me mad tonight. No, um, he, he uh, didn't. I'll be honest. He didn't really leave an impression on me, good no. or bad, on this show. But his presence was there, which is not what I, I typically say on Wednesdays, where he is a distant third voice on that broadcast that you almost forget he's even there. Here, he mm-hmm. at least was present on this broadcast and by default i think it was his best outing where he actually had an opportunity to wiggle his way into the broadcast and not interrupt nigel and moro who do the heavy lifting on wednesdays now uh, i i didn't even miss nigel here i thought that just having percy actually made moro sound just like so much even better than what i i wasn't a huge fan of him uh, lately, because when it's the three of them, I don't know, he gets in his pop culture references, which he did here, but they were more fitting here and they felt more placed. I don't know. It felt like he was in charge of everything and it just made it more natural. Like you said, in the main event, he was just phenomenal calling that. It, it opened up with the NXT tag title match, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish taking on Akam and Rezar, the authors of Pain, accompanied by Braden's man, Paul Ellering, the <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer. The authors had so jumped them before the bell even rang. And then Razor took O'Reilly down uh, into his guard and just tried to land his hammer fist as O'Reilly went for a triangle off of his back. So I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, the submission attempts here early on. And then they started just working over Akam's leg with just all of these kicks to the point that you were just yelling for this guy to, to check a leg kick here. He took like a hundred of these. Uh, Fish and O'Reilly then just start brutalizing the knee, utilizing knee bars. And if you watch the Minoru Suzuki Hiroshi Tanahashi match from mm-hmm. earlier today at New Beginning, I mean, you just had automatic flashbacks because there was a ton of crossover in terms of, uh, working over the knee here of Akam. Uh, built up to a hot tag to Razor who came in. Uh, fired up on both guys, including a Samoan drop follow-away slam combination. O'Reilly went back to a knee bar to Akam as Fish had a rear naked choke applied on Razor, who flipped Fish over on top of O'Reilly and Akam to break that up. And the final sequence featured the authors powering up. They hit the super collider and Fish got power bombed. O'Reilly was still on the shoulders of Akam and used a head scissors to send Akam into his partner. And then with Akam... Uh, distracted by nailing his partner, 
O'Reilly capitalized with a schoolboy to pin him at 14 minutes and 52 seconds. We'll start with Dave with uh, your thoughts on the opening match. I, I love this match and uh, the placement of it I thought was really well. Uh, my favorite part of the whole match though was Kyle O'Reilly playing the belt like Hogan on yeah. his way down to the, the ring. <laughs> Where is, wh- why is that a thing now? There's everyone know, just right? like, all right, let's just do things that are old and do them new again. Uh, I, I just, I have that here too. I was totally going to say that. Just yeah, weird, yeah. but go, go with it, man. I, I think the only thing that holds O'Reilly back is like, coming off looking like kind of soft sometimes. So maybe if you show more of that stuff, like I'll like you a lot more better. I, I already think I, I, I like him, but the, I like him even more doing that. And it's kind of like a nerdy, stupid thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I, it was, I, maybe it was the Tanahashi air guitar. Maybe he really, that's what had, time, yeah, maybe like, he really had just watched uh, Suzuki that crossed my mind, but you know, it, it was very, it was very sleazy Hogan kind of style. So he was into it though. Uh, <laughs> Brayden, what did you, what did you think about the tag match? Yeah, it was really good. It's really cool to see Red Dragon here doing like like you said, I bet you love this, John, having like all these crazy submissions and and all these cool things that you really don't see in in a lot of WWE matches, at least this much. Um like there Morrow's talking about Pancrase and things during this match, which I I agreed with. Uh, it was just really cool to see all these kinds of styles. Authors of Pain, they are like Mr. Takeover, uh the two of them because every time they wrestle on a takeover, uh, the matches are usually really, really good. And I thought this was one of their best ones as well. Um, they keep getting better. I'm almost ready for the, those guys to just leave and go to the main roster, which is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that this was the most I've ever seen them sell, and they did a really, yeah. really good job of it. Yeah, they they, they have improved so much. I think they're they're hitting that WWE match style that they – that. They were always just kind of green to me, but now they 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 seem to have gotten it, and it's really cool. There was a lot of cool moves, like uh, double the the double teams and the 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 double submissions and all these cool things. And then like the finish was uh, well, the finish was fine, but I think I think it's time for these guys to move up. Yep. Yeah, I had that conclusion as well. It felt like this is the authors kind of on their swan song. I'm just kind of torn that I hope it's not like we've seen this this pattern of like after the big four shows that they do call-ups and i hope that they can ease off on the call-ups till after wrestlemania i don't want to see any guys called up now because the roster is pretty bloated at the moment and yeah i just don't know if these guys would necessarily um have a place at the same time you look at the two tag divisions they're not super stacked at the moment so maybe they they would have uh, a good role it's just this is such a tough time of the year to come up that i'd hope they just wait till post WrestleMania and not do any call ups this week, for instance. They'll they'll only call up Paul Ellering. How about that? Well only I, him. I know you're not a fan, but I, I think he adds something to them. I, <laughs> I think I think he does too. Hey, hey, that's not fair. I used to I used to shit on him, but lately he makes a lot more sense now because he's not talking like an old man gibbering and jabbering and telling me to get off his lawn. Because we do don't you think they bring him up, John? Like would do you think they bring uh Paul Ellering with yeah. them? Yeah. My gut says Maybe they would bring them up as a as a three man act at the beginning, but I don't know if they'd have Ellering on the road with them because that's that's a lot to ask of someone for Ellering yeah. to start going on the road and sending a manager to the house shows. I mean, that's kind of an added expense that I could see him ending up not. If he goes up for an initial run, it would be brief to just kind of segue them from the nxt act and then you eliminate ellering with something then they turn on him oh can i finally see him get beat up by them uh well it could be (laughs) because anyway um 
So anyway, I, I thought a good opener. This didn't steal the show or anything, but I thought it was oh, like yeah. well, well, well done story with the leg on Akam. And yeah, I think the conclusion at the end is that the authors are probably primed for a call up over the next couple of months. Then we got the first of many uh, introductions in the crowd. The first being War Machine, who were identified under that name. And mm. I'm curious, do either of you, uh, Dave, do you think that the War Machine name will stay with these two. Do you see them altering that name or just continuing with this? Because we've seen in the past where they'll introduce like a Kenta as that name and yeah. then switch over to whatever their idea is. I think if they're smart, they'll they'll leave them with that name because they are known known by that. It works really well, and um, I I think that the uh, showing them in the crowd uh, indicates that uh, authors of pain are going up. I thought the same thing that this they'll probably they should beat the authors on the way out potentially, and then they mm-hmm. kind of take the spot as the big monster tag team in the division. That's immediately what I thought. And I don't even think it was a coincidence we went from uh, their match to these guys first to kind of just plant that seed in the back of your head for these the two monster teams to have a showdown on television or maybe even at the WrestleMania show. Is is War Machine too like not PG? Because like Disney has War Machine, like Iron Man and War Machine, so like it's not that bad. And I mean like there's that that guy everyone hates, War Machine, that guy who like the MMA dude, John, like Colbert. screw that, yeah, screw that guy. So like they could use it. I think it's a cool name to keep, but it's also. They don't need it. So I'm a very big fan. This is one of the, my, uh, the call-ups I've been waiting. This call-up is kind of long overdue, in my opinion. I've been waiting for these two uh, to be signed. Uh, they should have been signed like a year or, or even more so ago. I'm a very big fan of Raymond Rowe, and I, I want to see so much from these guys in the near future. So, yeah, take take the author's spot. Give them Paul Ellering. No, don't do that. <laughs> They're going to write the author's ticket out of town. Uh, the Velveteen Dream and Cassius Ono was next. Velveteen Dream came out and he had this uh, woman at the entrance with this custom mouthpiece uh, that was held by the former Blaster McMassive from the Chikara promotion, this giant dude holding this pillow. And I don't know if these two are going to be part of Velveteen Dream's uh, entourage. We'll find out. And then Velveteen Dream has these boxing shorts on with him and Ono's faces airbrushed onto them. So he seems to be really just going all in on the the modern day Rick Rude interpretation of the Yeah, well now. well well John, it's it's it he's in he, he he said in his promo before the match that it was 30 seconds and he's going to get a knockout. And he comes out with his he keeps doing the Rick Rude spray painted tights thing with both of them on it. But he's in boxing shorts like Rocky in Philadelphia. He's it's amazing. KO, KO. That was his it's, plan. It's, it's so good. I in love Philadelphia. Every- yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And he had the, he he had Rocky, the iconic alley pose. Yeah, yeah. The, he was the doing right all boxing. Well. He was yeah. doing all like legendary boxing things. And th- this guy just understands. Re- it's so little things that make something go so far. And this guy's got it. So good. Well, Loved it. it. It all worked tremendously well because as soon as the bell rang, the crowd starts kicking from one. It. <laughs> and I just thought this was awesome. And it was like you could see they were clearly – the way they were working, it was like, well, they're going past 30 seconds. But then like around the 22-second mark, Velveteen Dream lands this giant shot and Ono goes down and this place explodes. <laughs> it was the first big pop of the night and – Dream is just like jumping up and down. He thinks he's knocked him out. Uh, 
But then the referee checks on him and Ono returns. And the crowd was so disappointed that Dream's promise <laughs> did not come true. But this was a great start to this match. And it's all due to the crowd that picked up on the promo and made this 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 little line into something really cool to start the match. Yeah, the crowd really uh, uh, made uh, Velveteen Dream in general, like over the past uh, past year or so, or however long he's been doing this, because they're the ones that picked up on it and started cheering for him. And and like, how can you cheer? Uh, how can you not cheer a guy with uh, knee high sparkle socks on? So <laughs> I really, I I really like the fact that the crowd also didn't like uh, Cassius Ono. Like yeah. They were they were mad that he got up like they were pissed like they're like, wait, he didn't get knocked out because we really wanted to see Cassius Ono get knocked out. Actually, I felt like a lot of people either hated Chris Hero here or didn't know who he was. Uh, this crowd was very strange until like the, the, the later half of the show. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I love that. This that little thing having like a count out reminded me of like Conor Conor McGregor when he's like, what was it in the fourth fourth round and knock him out in the fourth round? It's something like that where it's like now everyone's paying attention for those first fourth rounds. So it was well, something you, cool. I hope they you, do. I hope they do things like that again. Yeah, you, you you make a good point because I was I was taking notes and uh, I hear my wife say like to herself or to the uh, to the screen seriously just put some pants on for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, Velveteen Dream without pants. That's how you make money. No, he's talking to Chris Hero anyway. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Well, he he, <laughs> he uh, there was a there was a, ma- a spot in this match that they they messed up because it, yes. honestly it was be- probably because of what we're making fun of, but. Uh, you know, Dream is not the biggest, biggest dude, and no. he tries to catch Chris Hero, he, or Cassius Ono here, with the, uh, Death the fireman's, driver. yeah, the fireman's carry, kind of the Flip Gordon style move he's been doing lately, but they kind of messed it up, and it's just because, like, yeah, I don't think he could lift him in certain spot here. Yeah, it was a mistimed spot where, yeah, uh, Velveteen Dream kind of lost his balance momentarily, but then- still made it look cool. Ono then landed a rolling elbow, but Dream kicks out of that. He comes back. This time he hits the Death Valley driver, climbs to the top for the purple Rainmaker, coming off the the post part, not even the turnbuckle, and pinned Ono 10 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, Dream was very popular to this audience. Uh, I think that they viewed this as just a a kind of showcase for Velveteen Dream. I think everyone kind of sees what Ono's role is, that it's kind of hard to get into his matches unless you give it a lot of time and do some near falls for him. But this was largely just to have Velveteen dream on the show, get a win. I didn't think this was near the Alistair black match level, but nonetheless, a very popular character that, that seems to feel r- really over with the various audiences. He dream over of. there. You go. <laughs> dream <laughs> over whatever that said on his tights. That's a, that's a hashtag you can get over dream over. Uh, yeah, I, I see star written all over this guy. I love it. I love him. I'm I, even the fact that I thought it was a stupid gimmick and now it's like the best gimmick. I still don't know what it is, but it's great. Dave, what would you like to see them do with Velveteen dream coming out of this? Cause this was sort of just, he, he was off TV for quite a while after the Alistair mm-hmm. black match came back, uh, did the Gargano match this past week. And this was kind of just to have a spot on the show. As you look ahead for, uh, the next takeover, I mean, where do you see him fitting in now? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think they have to keep him strong. Well, I'd like to see them keep him strong. Um, 
But I, I'd really like to see them continue the feud with Alistair Black, but I'd also like it to be for the title. So uh, the next pay-per-view or the next uh, takeover, I'd like to see Alistair take on Almas and win the title. If I'm fantasy booking here for a second. Uh, and then I'd like to see uh, Velveteen and him feud over the, the belt. If, even maybe a, a, a three-way with Alistair Black, him and Almas, because Almas is really coming along too. And I'd like, I, I like their chemistry. But, but who does, who does, Velveteen face at that takeover at WrestleMania weekend. He has mm. to be on the card. Who does he face? Does he face uh, a, a new debuting superstar? Ricochet? Oh. Oh, Someone but like then that? you'd have to. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Wow. I don't want to see my boy Dream lose now. So Yeah. Well, here's the other difficult part when it comes to NXT and you're trying to kind of look long term at a lot of these characters. I mean, this to me is a guy that. Like the main roster would just jump at the opportunity to bring this guy up. That I don't yeah, know right. how long he's even going to be around down here. Like if he got called up after WrestleMania, wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, because you got to strike when him. the iron's hot, and he's really, really hot right now. And Brain, do, do you feel this character will transfer over well if he's brought up to SmackDown, for instance? Yeah, I, I was about to say only if he goes to the land of opportunity. I feel like he would. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he would be a SmackDown. He's someone like, man, he's like, what, 21, 22? He's someone that's just going to keep getting better and better and better. And he just needs to kind of keep learning. And that's what it seems like. I don't know him. I don't know him personally. But it sounds like and looks like he just has taken it upon himself to get better. And that's exactly what he keeps doing. So imagine him on the main roster. He might get a little bit more WWE kind of like that style, the boring. But if you've been watching him, he's already going into that style. He's got his similar movesets. He's got his his gimmick kind of down pat. He's just got to keep evolving. So, yeah, I think he would be good on the main roster. I feel like it's like a a gold dust turned down a bit with the, the whole weird, like, flamboyant with the color, like, sparkle things and all that stuff. But I, I like it a lot. It's it's fantastic. It's a great character. Maria Menounos was shown in the crowd. She is not reporting to NXT anytime soon, but she will be <laughs> the uh, the ring announcer for the Women's Royal Rumble on Sunday. And before the end of this show, we will get Dave and Braden's uh, thoughts on the Rumble on Sunday night. Then we went to the locker room of Johnny Gargano, and his whole family is there in attendance. Never, never a good sign for a guy when his whole family is there. <laughs> no. So beware. Definitely not. Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler was next for the NXT women's title. Moon, Ember Moon was re- referred to here as the Sheenom. Yeah, I, 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 I like wrote that. that down. I thought that was something else. The Sheenom. <laughs> sounds like, um, I don't know. like a, Something I saw in Japan, I think, actually, in a store. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the match begins, and Baszler immediately goes for a choke, and Moon uh, – a escapes it and then goes for these series of drop kicks to the head, sending Baszler to the floor and lands with a tope suicida. And then Baszler does her stomp onto the elbow of moon, just as she did on television to Dakota Kai. So moon for the rest of this match cannot use uh, one of her arms. And she fought back just using the one arm dove off the middle rope with a clothesline using the good arm. And then she climbs to the top and was able to hit a one armed eclipse while the other arm is just dead. And in doing so, she re-injured the bad arm, so she couldn't capitalize and cover Baszler, who was down on her back. The physicians come down. They're checking on Moon, but Moon stays in the match, and Baszler goes for the arm bar. And this, again, this was our second instance of, like, a immediate flashback to Tanahashi and Suzuki, which uh, 
maybe it was my own fault because I watched it just a few hours before takeover, but this was kind of the same thing where uh, Baszler would not give up on this arm until she was able to submit Moon. And Baszler brought her to the center, kept going for the arm bar. At one point, Ember Moon was actually scratching at Baszler's arm to try and break free, trying to keep her hands clasped. And then Baszler continues applying pressure. Moon is struggling, adjusting, and finally, she gets out from under Baszler to cradle her and pin her out of nowhere at 10 minutes and 9 seconds. And then afterwards, Baszler jumped Moon, choked her out on the ramp as Morrow was so just aghast at this that he yelled Shayna Baszler you disgust me and, uh, unlike the other programs we were talking about of where each each side goes after this I feel these two are going to continue and we might get some kind of a submission match coming out of this uh, where Ember has to beat Shayna in her own specialty but uh, Braden your thoughts on the women's match and this was obviously a big test for Shayna Baszler on a big takeover special and in a focused match uh, guys, remember when we had Asuka? Remember those days? Oh, wow. Yeah. Those were, you weren't impressed here. Listen, I love Ember Moon, but the, the second she won the title the way she won it in that weird fatal four-way match that I wasn't really a fan of, I was out. I was totally out. I, it killed the character for me. Then here comes Shayna Baszler, and I'm like, okay, this character is going to be the character that kills the character I hate. And then this match was this match. I, I like I, I really love Ember Moon. I'm trying to get into this Shayna Baszler character. I didn't really like this at all. It was just, it was just wow, really, I, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't like it. The whole arm thing. I, I, I wanted to see Ember tap out and, and kind of be gone with it. Show up in the rumble tomorrow, show up sometime. I just, I, the character itself was, I was always the one defending her when when Agnew would would hate on it because she she never found her character and to me I don't really care because she she's a good worker but th- I didn't like this match at all I was very bored in this match actually Dave I I completely disagree with you Brayden I I really really enjoyed this match I thought that um, uh, Baszler showed a lot of improvement because I had criticized her before about uh, not not sh- selling enough and like mm. lousy selling and I thought she did a really good job there was really good story or great storytelling in this match I thought and uh, although I, s- I kind of saw the end coming the way that they they did it you could kind of feel it coming it gave it it was really fun to watch it gave it an air of realism and uh, like uh, Natalie, uh, my wife Natalie said she's like she she reminds me. Uh, uh, sorry, Baser reminds uh, her of a female Pete Dunne, and it 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 kind of comes through. I like I like this character that she's working on, and I think the right person won to keep the uh, feud going. Hmm. Yeah, I would say for for Shayna Baszler, I, th- I thought more so than the actual just uh, you know X's and O's of the match. I thought that a lot of her presence was there. She was very good in the bullying role, the facials mm-hmm. she showcased uh, throughout the match. Um, so I, I was kind of impressed here with, with Shayna in this role. This wasn't like a blow away women's match that we've seen in the past. And I think that that's going to be, um, it, it's going to be a transition out of Asuka where I'm just was, spoiled, guys. I'm spoiled. Well, I'm you spoiled. had a, you had a performer in Asuka that I think was by the end of it, she was the most over performer on the entire NXT roster who, I felt her title matches were like her title meant more than the NXT title by the end of it. So you're now transitioning over here 
And th- you're going with something completely different with someone like Shayna Baszler, who is relatively new into this as well. And, and I think Ember Moon is still, uh, I mean, she's been doing this a long time, but I think she's still, uh, she's still at a finding her way. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Going through those improvements uh, as we watch, but it looks like this feud they- will continue. I'm wondering if you add in, you do another multi woman match there because like, what, what about, uh, Kari Zane? Like, where's that angle go there? That, that's why I'm, I'm, it, the, the women's title really is just flat right now for me because it's like, oh, no one could beat Asuka. Okay. We give it to the, the, the person who couldn't do it. Oh, and then now she's, she's just weaseling her way through. I, I, I'm just not really sold on it at all. Um, but I want to see uh, more of Baszler, actually. Okay, well, going off of Braden's point, Dave, I mean, okay. when we talk about all the women that they've got, um, let's also look at tonight. Okay, we see War Machine added. That's kind of their own thing in the tag division. But then they introduce uh, Ricochet, identified as Trevor Ricochet Man. And we can just go ahead here, and then after the next match, EC3 is introduced. So... We're looking at a roster now that seems to have a lot of different components to it that has one hour of television. I mean, maybe we are getting call-ups now that are just going to make room for some of the new people coming in. But this does feel as though, I mean, your next television, you're building up a takeover show for essentially five matches. And you can't feature everybody prominently that you have on this roster. Yeah, for sure. Like you're saying, it's like you, you were saying before that the main roster is bloated. This one's going to be extremely bloated too as soon as they come in, you know, because like you didn't you didn't see anything to do with Iconic on the show either. And yeah, I would love to have seen the that. Odd ones out on a show like this. I mean, Sanity as well. I mean, yeah. you, you have all these different acts, and yeah, you can call them up. But we've seen like on SmackDown most weeks, like you don't get everybody on the show every week because you just you can't work in all the talent that they have on a show like that into two hours and yeah it's true like you remember ty dillinger <laughs> all, all no, you hear from no, about him now is the 10 that? chance that yeah exactly <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting the balancing act they have as they're just um adding on more names adam cole so so out, out with the old in with the new nxt let's go adam cole and alistair black were next in an extreme rules match and by the introductions and the reception that these two received, you would assume this was the main event. And mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. argue these two felt like the number one baby face against the number one heel on this show. Uh, this crowd was going nuts before they even locked up. And Cole quickly gets a chair at the start. The crowd is chanting ECW. They were just so hot for this at the start of it. And they did this great uh, spot where Black is just sitting cross-legged in the ring, and Cole lunges at him with the chair, Black ducks, and then Cole bails to the floor, and Black just sits down in the steel chair inside of the ring. I mean, this guy just has tremendous presence. He's money, fantastic. <laughs> just all the little things this guy does. So then the weapons got involved, and they were strategic with them as well. Uh, they got some garbage cans, chairs, a kendo stick, and the first big blow was... Alistair Black going for a quebrada off the middle rope. And as he was upside down in midair, Cole nailed him with a kendo stick. And the whole Oh, how good did that look? <laughs> in pain at this guy. Now, I didn't catch where exactly it occurred. Uh, did either of you see where Cole cut his hand? Because at one point, you just see this blood that's just like dripping down onto both of them. And it appeared to be like Cole cut open his right hand somewhere in all of this. Yeah, yeah. I noticed his hand was bleeding. I, I couldn't figure it out myself either. I yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, it was his thumb. 
And uh, he got it when uh, uh, Alistair Black, uh, I think it was a hip toss or something, onto the uh, garbage can, but he missed oh, it. Okay. And, ah. it. And his thumb got uh, wrenched into it when it crunched down on it. I believe that's what Ouch. happened. Ouch. Yeah, it was pretty gory. Like, it was coming up really good. Man, bartender Dave with the magnifying glass on this match. No, a very like odd blood. place that you don't typically <laughs> see a guy uh, bleeding from here. As yeah. a- Bartender Dave, because when he's working the bar, you know, someone's cut their thumb. He's got to be on it. So yeah, he's, yeah, baby. he knows. So they actually had to get creative as the referee was putting on the, the latex gloves to check on Cole. So Black just went to the floor and uh, brought out more weapons while the camera was away from Cole. So it's set up. Uh, a ladder was brought out. And... Cole ended up getting dropped onto this thing, tailbone first in the ring. Cole took some outrageous bumps in this match. I'm pretty sure Adam Cole is dead after this match. Yeah, like unnecessary bumps. Yeah, there's a few few questionable things. Oh, like some of them, I was just like shaking my head. I was like, dude, like, okay, yeah, like, like, you do this so much safer and get the identical reaction, but you just are taking your spine for granted. The, 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 one of my favorite moves, like in wrestling, the Ushiguroshi, like, so the fireman carry into like the neckbreaker. And like a few weeks ago, they did, he did the spot where it's like more of a deep. DVD or attitude adjustment, whatever you call it, fireman carry over two chairs that were standing stacked by side. So then in this match, Adam Cole, the dastardly heel that he is, he turns them the opposite way. So the chairs is like musical chairs. They're not facing each other. They're back back to back. And then he gets that that move, like the DVD, the whatever you want to call it, onto the edges of this these standing chairs. Like back first. I've been watching. Like, yeah. Like, like who? Like, who the hell? Like, come on. <laughs> like, I'm. I've seen the gif on Twitter a million times already. Right now, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, you've seen this spot. It's like, dude, why are you crazy? Here's the biggest difference I saw in this match. Okay, because these these sequences were back to back. Okay, so Cole's fall onto the top of these chairs was the second one, but what preceded it, they had set up two tables on the floor. And Black was on the turnbuckle with a chair. Cole super kicked the chair, and Black plunged off the turnbuckle through the two tables. And we got to see these back to back, and it looks visually impressive. It's relatively safe to go off a turnbuckle through two tables that, yes, yeah. there is the margin for error. You could get cut, but I will take that a hundred times out of a hundred as compared to what Cole did to follow him. And the bigger reaction, the tables. <laughs> oh, yeah. Instead, people, people just like, Looked on in horror at what Michael Cole did to uh, Michael Cole, Adam Cole did to himself. So yeah, he was bent backwards. Like I can't wait for the Photoshop things of like his the way his body was bent for that spot to be everywhere. So with uh, Adam Cole's back in half, uh, Black followed up with a running knee into a chair, and this is when Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish interfered, attacking Black on the floor. And they explained this is all legal because it's extreme rules. They cleared the announcer's desk, and then as they are setting up Black to be put through the desk. Sanity runs down, taking out Fish and O'Reilly, and it built up to a spot where Killian Dane landed a suicide dive onto his teammates as well as Fish and O'Reilly, and they all died and disappeared into the ether. So we're left once again with Cole and Black, who are by the announcer's desk. Cole gets knocked onto the desk, and Black drives him through the announcer's desk with a double knee stomp. They stagger into the ring. Cole grabs a chair as he's recovered and yells, I am going to end you. And as he swings for the fences, Black nails the Black Mass. Perfect finish. And he wins 22 minutes and two seconds. And 
Crowd loved this. And this was the best match up until this point in the show, I feel. <laughs> I agree yeah. with that. Uh, this was crazy. This was so cool. Um, the, the, the match itself uh, didn't need the, the no DQ extreme rules kind of thing. It already had people's attention. Uh, but being in Philly, obviously, was a good call. I, it, the crowd bit on everything here. The spots were crazy. Adam Cole keeps getting like, – I, I was an Adam Cole fan back in ring of honor but he keeps getting better and better here the only thing i don't like about it is the whole the name like the undisputed thing it's kind of cheesy but other than that like he's it just he doesn't even need that he gets over by himself i thought this was really great alistair black is money dave how many alistair black shirts are you gonna buy in, in the near future Oh, I can't wait. I'm going all to, of them. Uh, to the, all of to the them. show coming in next month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alistair Black just like looks so different than a lot of people and acts a lot different. And I feel like that's something that people like. So this is one money. guy like I feel that for NXT, they're always going to have to deal with the issue of guys get to a certain level. They get hot and they're going to get called up. And that's uh, we've seen how NXT has been affected by that going back to the brand split. You would hope that there could be a handful of guys that it's like, listen, we're a touring company here. We have our plans. We need to have a commitment of certain guys for at least yeah. 8 to 12 months. Like we yeah, know that sure. they have to be here. And to me, Alistair Black is the guy I would be pushing as my top baby face on this group. He's, you know, tremendous performer. I think you can merchandise the hell out of this guy for the bartender Daves of the world that will buy all of his shirts <laughs> and whatever else they come up with him. Uh, very interesting guy as well that I think you can eventually introduce this guy in a speaking role, but do it in the right way with like a sit down, some background stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I would be having him and Almas headline takeover and I'd be all in on Alistair Black if they go that direction. But again, it's so difficult with NXT because you just don't know. Uh, who will get called up and what kind of notice they'll get. Like they could find out the Friday before WrestleMania that, hey, your main event guys, we want them at TV on Monday. And you're kind of at the mercy of the what this is designed to be. And NXT, whatever they'll say, it is still designed to funnel talent to the main roster and get them ready for that. And that's ultimately going to be how it's utilized. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, everything that you, you, you both said about the match. There was a couple of things that I really enjoyed, but it was more of like uh, I loved what um, Morrow said at the beginning. He described Black as the anti-establishment hero that refuses to sand off the, his thorny edges. And I, it's it, it's just a beautiful build that they do to this. And uh, actually, I had a question for both of you. I'm not I'm not that well versed with um, uh, Adam Cole. Like I, I know him of his, of this run in NXT. Bay Bay. That's about it. Now. Uh, Moro called him the Panama City Playboy. Do, do either of you know what that's about? Well, because he's from Panama City. Panama City is in Panama. Isn't isn't there like a? I thought it was like there would there would be like like American towns will call something that's not really that. I thought it'd be like in Florida or something. I have no oh, idea. Okay, Maybe. I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs> Where is Adam Cole from? Well, he's he, Adam Cole is actually from like. Pennsylvania, like, not just Pennsylvania, like Lancaster, like where it's Panama City, Florida. Amish. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Well, there you go. Uh, well, Adam Cole is billed from Panama City, Florida. So I was correct. Oh, so, OK. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's and he's a playboy. Yeah. What, what what's not that there's a lot of wrestling nicknames that are way more confusing than that, Dave. Like, yeah, what I know. Is, I just what is a Velveteen dream, Dave? No, it's a. Bad initials. <laughs> well, three played. pills, you can get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> 
So uh, I thought a really strong match between these two. Um, outside of that back spot that Cole took, I just oh, those ones are hard to watch. It was it was I remember, great. I remember one year at a Bound for Glory when Samoa Joe did a running senton on on these First. brick steps of the arena. I was oh. just like, why did you yeah. do that? And you could that see he like he landed on like the edge of a step on his back, and I was like, oh my god. He that tried to play it cool too. Very <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> Uh, this is when EC3, under that name, was shown in the audience, uh, did get uh, a notable reaction here. And Dave, are you surprised at all that it looks like he is NXT bound as opposed to the main roster? No, I thought it, I thought it's probably the right choice. I just I was surprised how much he looks like Derek Bateman. Mm. Uh, stunning. Yeah. Not Sorry, wait a second. <laughs> Derek Bateman had a lot less tanner. If I recall. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think it's the proper thing to do. I'm just wondering if they're going to bring in um, his aunt. Well, she's. Uh, she- Let's just bring in the whole company, guys. Why not? Let's just fucking do it. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 this, I, I'm not a huge fan of EC3. I think his mic work is really good, but I kind of wished he did go on the main roster. Is that bad to say? Like, I kind of was like, yeah, I don't need to. I, I, I am a wrestling nerd. I like match quality usually more than everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and he does not deliver on that for me. So I'm instantly already being like negative towards his NXT run. However, he's not, he has not even had a match yet. So. I'll I'll wait. It is strange that they're going ahead and introducing him already when he will be on impact for a number of weeks. Like he was all over the last set of tapings, which only start this Thursday and are going to go for 12 weeks. So he's going to be on TV for he won't be on for all those 12 weeks, but a sizable amount of them that it's. Under the same name as well, potentially. And then Impact will will redub the uh, the commentary and uh, be like, "Hey, you can catch him on NXT this week as well." <laughs> That'll put butts in the seat. <laughs> yeah. Well, that takes us to the main event: Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT title. And first off, we had a mariachi band come out wearing lucha libre masks as they played Almas out to the ring. And Ronaldo went through his backstory as La Sombra. And while this didn't happen, and I guess they could have done it, I'm not complaining about the way they did it. But one person on Twitter stated it would have been a great idea to have Tommaso Ciampa as one of the masked Mary Oh, man, that's awesome. And you just have them, like, take their seat at ringside uh, as the match starts. And it's just left in the back of your mind, these masked mariachi band members. And then one of them reveals himself to be Ciampa. But maybe they felt that would be a little too comedy for the serious attack they were going to do later. So they played up Gargano huge here. He was uh, coming out. His family was in the uh, in attendance, with the exception of his father, who had just had heart bypass surgery. They did show Candice LeRae in the front row as well. And our first big spot was Gargano missing a somersault dive off the apron, landing on the floor after almost got out of the way. I mean, we don't have to go through everything in this match because this was uh, a lengthy one. Um, mm-hmm. But as we go towards um, where it really picked up, I mean, this crowd was pretty hot for this match. But as they got into Gargano's near falls in, I'd say, the last 10 to 12 minutes, I mean, they were going nuts here. We had Gargano countering the hammerlock DDT with an inside cradle as this place uh, just went insane. Oh, I bit on that one. 
Yeah. There were a number of these, and the selling of Gargano, where his head was rammed into the LED screen on the side of the ring. Like, he was selling as though he was dealing with a concussion and didn't know where he was. And out of nowhere, he lands this kick, a reverse Rana, and then this huge multiple revolution tilt-a-whirl into the Gargano escape. This place loses their mind. Zelina Vega then pulls at uh, Almas's arm, so the referee goes to deal with Vega, and it leads to Almas raking Gargano in the eyes. And Gargano then came back and landed a tope suicida, but then Vega stops him with her own Rana coming off the apron. And it was constantly setting up these scenarios where you really believed that Gargano was going to win this title, and then the rug would be yanked out from under him. And Gargano, after taking this Hurricane Rana from Vega, he's thrown back into the ring, almost hits the hammerlock DDT, and I would I would argue 60% of this arena thought it was over because when he kicked out, this was an enormous pop, like one of the larger ones I can recall in NXT. It was, it was bananas, yeah. The crowd went, like I said, the crowd was kind of shit in this pay-per-view, but by the time this, this match had come around, they were going wild for this. It was crazy. It was loud. So after the kickout, Vega once again goes for Gargano, and this time Candice LeRae jumps the barricade and attacks Vega through the crowd and takes her out of the mix. Uh, that was a great reaction. Yeah. And then Gargano applies the Gargano escape again, almost gets to the rope, and they go to the edge of the apron. And he rams Gargano's head into the post, does the running double knees, which again— Balls to the, balls to the face, balls to the face. Sends Gargano's <laughs> head into the post. I was waiting for that, Braden. <laughs> Moro is questioning the the ethics of allowing this match to continue. They've got to save Gargano from himself. And almost follows the draping hammerlock DDT from the top rope and pins Gargano 32 minutes and 21 seconds to retain the NXT title. I thought this main event was phenomenal. I, I thought this was one of the best matches in NXT history. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah, this was crazy. And, and you're totally right about Moro Nalo making this match seem so important. I thought this uh, was maybe Moro's best call in NXT. I mean, it was, yeah. sometimes people will criticize that he overcalls a match. And I think in full sale, sometimes that's kind of a victim of the environment that you're in, that he's trying to call these big matches and it's in front of 300 people. This to me, the call fit the tone of the match and it just, it emphasized it significantly. And I thought Percy had his moments in this match too. I thought yeah, the match totally itself was crazy. Yeah. The, the, the match itself was nuts. There's so many spots, like you said, so many of the slingshot spears, slingshot DDTs, Gargano doing all his stuff. The, the diving, spinning, complete shot, the, the reverse tornado DDT that's kind of like the Destino from Almas. Like all the crazy stuff that went on is just crazy. I know a lot of people talking to a lot of wrestling fans loved their last match where they fought each other at a takeover. And their TV one was good too, but this definitely blows both of those away. This uh, part of me, part of me is, is it, like they got me when wrestling gets you. Part of me is like really mad that Gargano didn't win. I'm like really <laughs> upset. Like I'm heartbroken at this story, especially when the dude's wife gets in there. I was like, yeah, this is going down. And then they, 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 they they got me. So, yeah, this was really good. This was a fantastic match. If you have not watched this, go out of your way to watch this match. Dave, 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, um, I've never seen the crowd so engaged with a, with a match uh, like this. Like they, 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 like you said, bid on everything. Um, uh, my, my son Dustin got so angry when he lost. <laughs> it's just like he was so mad, but they, they worked really well together. I, I, I'd love to see them go again. Like this was uh, the third, third time they've met now, correct? I think that's what they were. Yeah, saying. I mean, yeah. yeah the story TV, was, yeah. and and Andrade's had his number all three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, like you said, Moro did uh, a really good call. Um, I'm not the biggest Moro fan, but uh, I, I I thought he was uh, he did a really good job on this one. He had some really great lines, and um, yeah, I it was it was exhausting. It was Is exhausting. Gar- to watch. It, it's it's exa- yeah. Like like as soon as it was over, I was like, yeah. That, if there was anything after this match, I probably would have needed to chill. Um, yep. Gargano is like the best like I've baby watched face him- in this company. Yeah, yeah, like is he? He's John Cena, man. Like he <laughs> he is. He should be on TV, WWE, and I swear, like I swear, kids will like him. And yeah, like is he John Cena? Is he the next Cena? Because he makes everything so believable. He's such a tiny guy, and he's I, too like, small. Damn it! I, I, and I <laughs> well, used to it's, watch it's him a in problem the indies. That, like you look at how like this guy to me is a can't miss top baby face and so good i said the yeah. same thing about Sami Zayn, and and now i'm told that it's you know he just he's he's way better as a heel and it's like yeah he might be an annoying heel but to me that guy was a phenomenal Great baby face, face. Yeah. and yeah. i don't know it's always something about gargano that's that's drawn and it clearly it works on a lot of people like he's so small and the daniel bryan thing is a huge thing it played a factor in this match in fact Morrow brought it up, and later in the match, the whole arena was doing like a Daniel Bryan yes thing, yeah. which I mean they yeah, do totally. a lot. They do a lot, anyways. But this time, it actually felt real. Like it made sense that like Gar- Johnny Gargano is the underdog guy, and like that that storyline never gets old in wrestling when done right. And this was done right. And then the guy lost. Like oh, like oh, oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> un- unfortunately, for, personally, uh, that is that is where it kind of ended for me. The The rest of this was kind of a little overkill. Like I said, I was done. I checked out. I was smitten. I went out with that. But then it continued on. Uh, you know, possible NXT tag team of the year 2018 could possibly be Champa and the WWE logo at the end of a show. <laughs> yeah, so Gargano is distraught. Candice is walking him up the aisle afterwards. He turns to the arena and he just shakes his head in frustration. Like you could just see the disappointment pouring out of him. And the the uh the copyright notice comes up in the bottom left corner just as it did at the takeover in Chicago and the whole place erupts. And it's before you, the viewer, can see who's come yeah. out, and everyone knows who it is. Tommaso Ciampa appears, and he lays out Gargano from behind with a chair. And with Gargano, a crutch. With, oh, sorry, with a crutch. With, a with crutch. his crutch. He's still injured. Yeah. His own crutch, and you could see him limping to the back afterwards. And Candice is tending to Gargano as they go off the air. So uh, continuing that, which um, is ultimately the feud they they want to get to, and I'm sure they want to shoot for that match for the takeover in April if Ciampa's healthy enough. Man, I want to see that match, but wouldn't it have been like a more like, like, like and I, I, I'm thinking of like when a, uh, Michael Myers or Voorhees shows up from the dead one last time, like it just, it's more epic. And this was kind of just like, 
oh, wait, we already went through that epic match. Like, that match was amazing. And this mm-hmm. was just kind of like an afterthought of it. Whereas maybe, you, I'm not saying he should have cost Gargano the match, but it would have made him such more of a dick if you did it that way. I, I uh, thought during the match, like after the, the fan brought up the thing about the mariachi band, it's yeah. like, it is the best way to have Gargano like his dream is right there and Ciampa takes it yeah. away from him that it almost felt like maybe they had that thought of, oh, it's too predictable, yeah. which I always hate that. I think predictable is the best way to go sometimes yeah. because yeah. it's, it's also the most effective way because everyone thought of it. Um, so anyway, he, I, I thought he it could was- have been evil. He could have been more evil. You know what I mean? Like they're clearly trying to get over the fact this guy's a, a mean dude because he's like your buddy just lost, you know, clean, quote unquote, clean. And then you still attack him. Like, what's wrong with you? Well, it's also uh, it, how it's, much how much can Champa even do physically at the moment that they're fair, yeah, yeah, that's fair. the thing yep. to do. Like, I'm sure he okay. would have done whatever, but how much are they comfortable in this guy doing anything? I mean, he <laughs> it's only been six months since he had that surgery. Yeah, so who knows what the time? Maybe is. they're not sure if he's going to even have this match, but uh, hopefully it does happen. Uh, it, it doesn't need the the title either. So that's no, okay. No. Uh, it doesn't. I, I really feel like this is a match people want to see. Um, Ciampa Gargano one on one at WrestleMania NXT Takeover weekend. That's that's a big deal, I'd say. So yeah, but I, I think it. I, I think it might have been bit, like it doesn't need the title. But just just think of it this way: like they they had the the two matches where uh, Andrade's got his number, and then he finally finally beats him, and it's for the title, and then Ciampa hits him from behind. And taking that away from him, that beautiful yeah. moment that he could have had. But I mean, if, but if Andrade, if Andrade had his number once, Dave, you know, he's going to have just like what what's going to happen when Kenny gets to face Okada one more time. He's going to lose you, if, when someone beats you, you know, clean. Then, you know, although, wait, it didn't uh, almost cheat in the last like they, they got the DIY thing in the last one with the shirt. She threw his shirt. So, I mean, mm-hmm. wasn't a clean thing either. I I, I don't know. I didn't mind gargano losing but like i said like they did get me i really thought he was gonna win this or be screwed by 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 champa and he got attacked by champa which was just it just felt a little little like cheap after the fact maybe it was because i already did really heavily enjoy this match like it was incredible but this was just kind of like oh you're you're just a mean guy now beating this guy this loser up <laughs> so I, threw up I don't a, i threw up a poll after this asking was Andrade Cien Almas, Johnny Gargano, the best takeover match ever? If no, list your choice. And of the 357 people that voted uh, over the last hour, and now, granted, a lot of this is probably just recency bias that they have just watched this match, but 78% yeah, right. said yes. And I'm not going to say this was the best takeover match ever, but to me, I thought this was better than Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate last year, and I think that's pretty exclusive company it's in i mean uh yeah, some people agreed. replying a lot said nakamura and Sami Zayn uh yeah. wrestlemania two years ago uh, a few diy revival matches i i like this better than i would say all the diy revival matches and i i loved some of those tag matches oh, like you I can't this- do that to me john that <laughs> that one in toronto was really good man it was Sorry, so I, I, good like if i if i'm just off the top of my head looking at like top three matches in nxt history this is in the top three Definitely. You know yeah, what? Uh, yeah, you probably do have to say that. Um, and that's that's a debate where a lot of people would, would argue their favorite matches. But yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. Uh, and I'm looking forward to where it kind of leads because this now kind of does make more sense 
I, I like knowing what's kind of coming next because it, it's it's a while till the mania one. So now, like in my head, it looks like Alistair Black against Almas. That, that makes would... sense to me. I want to see that Gargano Champa. That makes sense, and I want to see it. So they already got me, which is good. But mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, what they do yeah. with Ricochet. Like I don't know what that ready made mm-hmm. program is for him. Velveteen. Yeah, you maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, also, what do you call it? What, 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 they're not going to use his name, right? That name? I get the, the fact that they're using his real name with Ricochet feels to me like they're going to eliminate Ricochet. And he'll just they're just going to call him Trevor Mann. Yeah, uh, uh, that sounds cooler, I guess. Ricochet is cool, but uh, I always thought he would get a cool name. Um, <laughs> overall thoughts, uh, Dave, on the TakeOver show? I thought it was a fantastic show, front to back. It, uh, it it built a lot of story to it. There was lots of good storylines, and it, and like like Braden said, it, uh, it it hooks you into wanting to see what's coming up next, and that's that's the what you want. Uh, but that's the end goal that they'd want. They want you to come back. And I, I think they did a really, really good job. Um, I am a bit uh, worried about the, the influx of talent and what that means for, for NXT because it's an hour show every week, right? Yeah. So how, how many matches can you put on? And you're already, you're already losing a bunch of people and not even moving them anywhere. It's, it's, uh, it's just that they can't fit it on all in one show. So I, I don't want it to water down the, uh, the actual product because I love NXT. It's like my favorite show to watch every single week. So you've got but, such a embarrassment of riches now. Like we're talking about, you know, where they can shoehorn Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate into the show. You've just reintroduced TM61. You've got your Roderick yeah. Strong, like those level of guys. And again, it's, it's an hour show, so yeah, like come on, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, two hundred five live needs needs guys, guys. Well, <laughs> Johnny Gargano, new two hundred five. Oh, Gargano can be the. Uh, Don't even sure. say that. Oh, my heart is hurting. Just he need, hearing he needs that. to go out tonight, have some Philadelphia cheesesteak, and and gain six pounds because he was billed at one hundred and ninety nine oh, tonight, and that's, wow. that's all he needs to do. Black get, is billed. He has to get over four. the limit. Gain the seven, same. and you can't There's, get down. That's, that's, yeah, well, damn. Uh, yeah. Before we wrap things up, uh, starting with you, Braden, what has your interest for the Rumble tomorrow night and who are your picks for the two Rumble matches? Um, my interest, realistically, I, I, I have, uh, been traveling for like the past little while. I have not watched WWE in a very, very long time. NXT included. I kind of did some, uh, catching up this week before this pay-per-view to to watch, but uh, I, I have not been interested at at all simply because I've been like traveling around and doing things. So that's probably why. But uh, Royal Rumble brings in non-wrestling fans, so there's no need to even try to get me interested. I'm going to be interested in watching a Royal Rumble. Um, this one was interesting because of the probably the main two matches that really got me. But for tomorrow. Uh, I can't say – I'm not a huge Braun Strowman thing. I, I don't really care about it, especially if Kane is involved. Um, I'm just looking forward to the actual Rumble match itself. Um, I, I, well, there's I, two. What do you mean the actual Rumble oh, match Oh, right, itself? right. Oh, like see? Like I am out <laughs> oh, of it, boy. guys. I am out of this loop. See? Like what are you talking about? No. Um, I want to see uh, Lita in the Royal Rumble. I want to see Ronda Rousey not win the Royal Rumble. And I want to see Asuka win the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble. Um, and for the male Royal Rumble, which, by the way, the, the women's one should main event. Makes more sense. Um, 
the men's one, I want to see Daniel Bryan win the Rumble. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, okay, Shinsuke Nakamura, which probably isn't going to happen either. Um, yeah, I just want I want better surprises. I, I, I the past few rumbles, like looking back at it, have kind of been kind of been shit when it comes to that. I was at the rumble in Florida when AJ like debuted, and like that's cool. But like, who can you debut that that has that kind of caliber? Not no one else really. But I don't know if you're gonna have a debut like that. I could see Lashley in the rumble tomorrow. Oh, see oh, that would be cool. Boy, yeah. yeah, see that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I want stuff like that. Like I'm done with seeing Diesel. I'm done with seeing like. Yeah. Like I'm, it doesn't it doesn't entertain me at all. So uh, I want to see I want to see better stuff. But that's Dave, I want to get your your picks for the Rumble, your interest, and as well, do you expect any NXT? Well, I'm sh- I'm certain we're going to see a bunch of NXT women in that Rumble because of all oh, the for sure. spots. Um, but as well, the men, do you see any NXT names coming up? Whether they be just for the one night, or we might even get call ups as a re- as a result of what we've just been talking about. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like, okay. I'm extremely interested. I won't be able to watch it live cause I'm, I'm working tomorrow night. I couldn't get it booked off. Uh, I got Danny coming in, bringing his uh, laptop though. So, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, my picks, uh, I'm going to say, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, for the ladies, Asuka. Um, I want, uh, like J- Braden was saying, I'd love to see the ladies headline the show. I think they should main event it. Um, Given the fact that Stephanie's all over it, and hate that, I hate that. No, well, she might come in. She's she's in. She's in it. She's gonna win it, right? I, I think there's a good chance that it could go on last. Like they want that yeah, to sure. be the the match that gets the the most attention, and it's something historic for them. And realistically, like, cool, it goes on last. Like, uh, if, if you have a great yeah. idea, I mean, it's gonna be following a long show. Could, so just, could you yeah. imagine, like, like old head? Old head WWE fans, like the old, like who are like, what the 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 women are main eventing with the Royal Rumble? What is like, I, like we we I, we went to the Destiny show and like I saw this kid, like he was thirteen, oh, and yeah. he was it was a it was a women's match, and he was just like shitting on women's wrestling like, in general. Just he's like thirteen, he was saying words that I don't say. So yeah. I was like, you need a con. What happens when this keeps? I don't know. I don't go to enough WWE shows to kind of see that, but. Very interesting. I want the the women's Royal Rumble two main event as long as like an actual WWE women's wrestler like wins it, like someone like Asuka or uh, I, I don't know. I just want her to win, but I don't want I don't like the Ronda thing and I hate the Stephanie thing. I think it's yeah. so stupid. But yeah. with the surprises thing, like I said for the the guys one, it should be like that for the women's. There should be some cool Royal Rumble entrance. You could do like Drew Carey just randomly shows up in Royal Rumbles. You can have female uh actors comedians musicians whatever like show up too which i think is a good thing for future royal rumbles because now it's a warrior maybe there you go like yeah like things like that right so (laughs) santina (laughs) morella yeah so i think it's something like that i don't want to see dana warrior in it but that's okay um yeah i am interested in it i'm interested in it. it's the royal rumble like i said you don't you can have non-fans watching this thing because you can bet things on it so that's what all i care about is all right. Well, that's going to wind down the show, everybody. Uh, Way and I will be back on Sunday night with a review of said Royal Rumble, running through all six hours of night two of Royal Rumble weekend. So I want to thank both of you uh, for joining us tonight. Uh, Bartender Dave, where can people uh, follow you and the podcast? 
Oh, well, you can uh, follow me at BartenderDave74 if you'd like. Uh, you can find uh, uh, or follow our podcast at Call to Arms Pod. Uh, we, it, we're on Stitcher, iTunes. You can find us there. And if you want to come see me, if you're in the Toronto area, I'm at uh, Bryden's on Bloor. You can follow us there at Bryden's on Bloor. It's 2455 Bloor Street West, uh, right at the corner of Bloor and Jane. And, John, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I'm always here for you. Can people just come tomorrow night and watch on the laptop with you? Yo, oh, let's do it. <laughs> You'll find me there. Find might, me there. might be a tough night to get wrestling fans uh, just uh, to pop by. Yeah. <laughs> have plans already. Uh, Braden, do, is there anything you have to promote? Uh, anything? Uh, I'd like to pro- promote life because, you know, some people need to, to promote that more. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, people keep asking me about stuff I've seen on my travels and wrestling stuff. People keep asking me about my, uh, uh, my beats. Thanks, uh, to the post wrestling Christmas special for, uh, you guys outing that. That was cool. Beats uh, so, uh, follow me <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at the Bray D. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, again, thanks to all the, uh, what's next listeners who, uh, tell me that their Thursdays are just not the same anymore. It means so much. We will be back. We're we're working on some things. We're trying. Listen, we sent something in the mail, but the post office just hasn't gotten it yet. You know what I'm saying? So Ba-doom, it's boom. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what's next. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to figure out his life situation. Uh, exactly. No, I got things to do. I got things to do. Don't no. don't put don't put the heat on us. Uh, so that is going to wrap up the show, everyone. So uh, head on over to postwrestling.com. We will have coverage uh, of the Rumble Sunday night, a post show immediately afterwards for everybody. And for our Patreon subscribers, um, over the next few days, we will have a bonus show up going through both of the new beginning shows from Sapporo. One went down earlier on Saturday, and the second show starts in about an hour. So uh, stay tuned if you're a Patreon subscriber. You can go to patreon.com slash postwrestling, sign up, and all subscribers will get that bonus show over the next few days. So thank you once again to uh, Bartender Dave and Braden for joining me, and we'll speak with you Sunday night after the Royal Rumble.